Hey everyone, welcome to this seventh talk on St. Teresa of Avila's The Interior Castle, and this is a talk on the seventh mansion, the final mansion of the Interior Castle. So, we've come to the seventh dwelling place, the seventh mansion, the final mansion, final stage of spiritual progression, if you like. St. Teresa says that surely there can be nothing more. Surely there can be nothing more said so much about the spiritual path, soul-gaining connection with God, seeing visions, apparitions, overcoming all these earthly things, overcoming all this pain, seeing nothing in the world. What more could there be? But the greatness of God is without limits, and so his works are too. Finally, the Lord is pleased to have pity on the souls that we have been talking about, the ones that made it this far, made it all the way past the sixth house, once such a soul is taken spiritually as God's spouse because of what they have suffered through, he brings it before the spiritual marriage and it is consummated into the seventh marriage. And just as in heaven, so it is in the soul that his majesty must have a room where he dwells alone. This is another heaven. St. Teresa says we can't think of the soul as something that's dark. It seems there would be nothing such as interior light. But there is, okay? It's a place of lightness. We spoke about it all the way through. So the Lord brings such a soul into his own mansion. And the soul is called then to the superior part of the castle. And the Lord joins the soul to himself. He does so by making it fully blind and deaf, as St. Paul was in his conversion. He takes away the perception of the nature and kind of favour that was enjoyed. The soul doesn't understand this at all. When he joined it to himself, all the faculties were lost. But in place of this, God desires to remove all scales from our soul's eyes and lets us see and understand something of the favours he grants it. And in being brought into this seven mansion, all three persons of the Trinity via an intellectual vision are revealed to it uh, via a certain representation of the truth. Firstly, there is the enkindling in the spirit in the manner of a, a cloud of magnificent splendor. And then, the th then these persons are distinct. And then an admirable knowledge the soul only itself understands that all of these three persons are one substance, one power, and one knowledge, and one God alone. And all three persons of the Trinity communicate themselves and speak to it, explaining the words of the Lord and the gospel, and that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit will come to uh, the soul that loves him and keeps his commands. So in the seventh mansion, the soul at this state, intellectually via a vision experiences the trinity in all its three parts also comes to understand how its one nature is and also explains why it explains the word the gospel and the soul that loves him and keeps his commands um now saint Teresa, in almost like a little bit of disarray finds it so difficult in hearing and believing these words you know she, she just can't bring herself to understand that this will happen in their truth okay 
if the soul at this point does not fail God, God will never fail to make his presence clearly known to this soul. And these presences will always be clearest when they are first revealed. Okay, so this is a strange thing. The soul at this point, you know, if it now doesn't fail God, will basically always have the presence of God uh, with them. But the presence is only clearest when it's first revealed, highly likely this first entry into the mansion. Because St. Teresa says, surely it can't be as clear on the other times, because if such a clear vision of God was with you at any point, you would disengage from absolutely anything, anything and everything, and give yourselves solely to it. So it can't be as clear the following times. Um, and it's, it appears that the Lord, via this sort of company and presence, seeks to prepare the soul actually more, to help it advance to perfection, to lose even more fear, and to grant it more favours, to lose fear of all trials. Okay. So the difference we have between the sixth and seventh room is really between different types of spiritual union, spiritual marriage, and spiritual betrothed, which are uh, subtle differences between them. The spiritual marriage, St. Teresa says, there is very little remembrance of the body um, but, but, but because because the spiritual union takes place in the very interior center of the soul where God himself is. Um, whereas within spiritual union is an imaginative vision which is very delicate in the same way he appeared to the apostles. It's peculiar, but what's of importance here is the, 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 the three terms um, spiritual union, spiritual marriage, and spiritual betrothed. So within spiritual betrothed, uh, the Lord and the soul are brought together. Um, in the union, the two things are brought into one, but only for a moment, and then they can separate. Whereas in the spiritual marriage, uh, it's like rain falling into a river. Okay, you can never be separated again. Okay, so the difference between these two, between the union and the marriage, is that in the marriage, Imagine rain falling into a river. It just, the two can never be separated again. And St. Teresa quotes St. Paul in saying that, um, uh, I've been crucified with Christ. I live, not I, but Christ lives in me. Okay, so there's, and also that he is joined, united to the Lord, comes in with one spirit with him. Okay, so St. Paul is constantly um, referring here to this sovereign marriage. This is a place where the little butterfly we've been talking about finally dies, the greatest joy, because his life literally is with Christ. Okay, um, the Lord puts the soul in the center of the soul itself, where he himself lives. This is what's happening in the seventh mansion. Uh, this is what's called the Empyrean heaven, where the, where the Lord God just doesn't move. The soul exists in unaffected peace. But St. Teresa says she seems to be saying that when the soul reaches this state which God grants as a favour, it appears that it's sure of its salvation, it's safe from falling again. Um, St. Teresa emphasises that she's only saying this insofar that the soul is secure as long as it remains within the um, the will of God. Okay, So the soul would know it's, it's saved at this point and it would know it, that it can't fall again, but only so far as it stays within conformity of God's will. So this is all still only held together by God. Um, so it appears, yes, that one is saved at this point, but that's the Lord's decision. So being in this place now, the soul is in infinite peace, but it can be taken out of it. Um, but as it remains in this dwelling place, um, nothing can disturb it. Now, so considering nothing can disturb the soul at this point, the passions are conquered. 
the resting place is undisturbed. The little butterfly dies with supreme happiness. And the first effect of this is that it actually forgets itself. Because now we understand that the soul seemingly was not as it was said. The soul in memory has... Uh, it employs, it simply employs everything that it has in honour of God. Okay, so the soul doesn't really worry about experience anymore. So there's a strange forgetfulness. It's just a pure employment of everything for God. It wouldn't want to be anything or be anywhere else or be anything other than it is in this moment. And so there's a strange forgetfulness where you nothing can affect it. Okay. The only place such a soul at this point would want to be is if there was such a place where they they by one degree could glorify and honor more, glorify and honor God more. You know, laying down their life for the purpose, but as their understanding is, this is the place where they can glorify and honor God the most, so they do not want to be anywhere else other than in that moment. These are all interior matters and um one <sighs> is actually still obligated to those earthly things such as eating and sleeping but everything of the exterior now is completely within its correct place in relation to the interior world okay now the next effect of this mansion is that the soul now has a great desire to suffer but the suffering doesn't disturb it as it would previously for instance if the lord desires the soul to suffer that's fine but if the Lord doesn't desire the soul to suffer. The soul isn't eaten up by the fact it isn't suffering and they're not doing what they could. The soul has this pure understanding that everything it's doing is obviously everything God has afforded to it. So it's at this complete undisturbed peace in a moment and it does not want to be anywhere else. Equally, the desires for anything, even for consolations such as spiritual delight, are gone because the Lord himself is present at this source. The soul becomes detached from everything. Soul desire is either to be alone or to help souls. There's no dryness. Okay, there's only love of God at this point. And St. Teresa says, she asks us why she believes it is that God grants these favours in this world. Because she says that the greatest favour that one could be given in this world would be to be an imitation of Christ. Okay, To imitate Christ's sufferings. And in fixing our eyes on the crucified, everything else becomes small. Christ showed us by his love of the meaning, what the meaning of works are and how we can please him. And surely we can only do so via this eventual form of imitation. So, strangely, we come to the end of the houses. Okay, that's... In relation to the metaphor, the quickest way and the easiest way to explain the seventh mansion is that that little butterfly finally finds a place to die and rest. And that's in a complete moment where they're, all they're doing is loving God in conformity with his will. And there's not much more we can say about it than that because it's such a monumentous idea that we will never understand it. But she does finish the book by saying we, we can't be content with remaining the same. We have to really push ourselves, persevere, and try to imitate Christ, strive to practice the virtues, and strive to take the one path of Christ, the one followed by all saints. I hope you've enjoyed these talks on uh, St. Teresa's The Interior Castle. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, giving them, and 
Yeah, thank you all very much.